Good evening and welcome to TV Party Tonight here on the Rattelich and Broadcasting Network. Yes, this is my first time actually hosting, so I apologize if I click the wrong button. I didn't even realize that clip was 18 seconds. You usually only play two seconds of that. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was playing. It's like, should this turn off? Oh, crap. This thing is 18 seconds long. Okay. Thank you. All right. Joining me tonight, of course, the mandated reporter. Who are you? This is Alexis Haina with Honeysuckle Rose Creations. Again, getting used to my first ever broadcast where I am hosting and in charge. So please forgive me. Here with Mark Radulich. Say hi, Mark. I'm the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified at how this is all starting. <laughs> oh, come on. This can't be the worst worst uh, first venture that you've had to bear witness to. <laughs> I've I've bear witness to a lot of bad firsts in my personal sure. life and in podcasts. All right. So, yes, TV Party Tonight, we are talking Upload Season 2 on Prime Video. Can we acknowledge that I gave you a promotion? For the job that I don't pay you for. Yeah, I was about to say promotions usually come with money. <clears throat> yeah. When this starts making any, I'll start doling it out. In the meantime, uh, I believe I have told everybody that for the most part, I have done with television. Halo fucking broke me. <laughs> I just I can't do it anymore. So other than some of the shows that I promise I do with people like Lord of the Rings and The Crown and Orville, Strange New Worlds, that sort of thing. <clears throat> I decided that I was cutting television from my repertoire. I was sticking with mostly Daniel Hollywood and Metal Hammer of Doom. And eventually I was actually doing some format changes. And basically I'm just cutting down the two days a week. This this has been going on for a month now. So um, I, turned to my, uh, I turned to my army, my DX army. And I said, who wants to do their own podcast? And, and Alexis Haina being all alpha about it, like was like knocking Pat Mullen out of the way and stepping on Jason Teasley's head and pushed Jesse into a locker. And she's like, pick me, boss, pick me. Hey, I would never and- push Jesse into a locker. Pat, <laughs> undoubtedly. Jesse, no. Um, he, he didn't have to touch Robert Winfrey. He said, oh, wait, go ahead, madam. I want none of this shit show. So anyway... Uh, so Alexis Haina is now the primary host of TV Party Tonight. Everybody give Alexis Haina a great big hand. So yeah, you're you're in charge now, kid. All right. So shall we go ahead and talk about uh, the show that I have officially dubbed Indra- Ingrid Kitterman Needs Therapy? Take it away, boss. All right, yes, Upload Season 2. This show is brought by Deedle D Productions, Three Arts Entertainment, Reunion Pacific Entertainment, 
Barrel Whaley uh, Productions, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and of course, Amazon Studios, because I would love to know if Jeff Bezos knows that a show under his banner is advocating for deleting the rich. All right, (laughs) so we reviewed season one, plug, plug. The plot of this is dealing with the idea of a futuristic, well, technologically futuristic world where once, well, before you die, you can upload your consciousness into a virtual reality and basically have a virtual afterlife. Um, We follow our main character, Nathan Brown, who is talked into uploading to the very prestigious, uh, very private Lakeview uh, by his girlfriend, Ingrid, uh, after a car accident, which we have now found out was actually a murder attempt to get access to code that he was developing along the way he meets a bunch of wacky characters and he falls in love with his angel the angel being his it handler a woman named nora who finds herself roped into this conspiracy of trying to figure out why nathan was murdered it's kind of hard to say he was murdered because again he's in the virtual afterlife so it's like well he's dead but he's still a main character so it's a little weird his of course body, his corporal yeah. form was murdered yes his corporal form was murdered of course uh season one ended with nora deciding to go on the run after a murder attempt uh was well someone tried to kill her uh nathan decided to forego his attachment to the luxurious upper class of lakeview and went down to the two gigs where Basically, yeah, you are running on two gigs of data, so you are lucky if you have anything, let alone color in your clothes. I think all of us have operated on a very low gig computer or phone at one point. We know what of a nightmare it is. Imagine trying to run your brain on that. And the season one ended with finding out that Ingrid had supposedly uploaded, basically killed herself to join him in this virtual afterlife. The second season starts off, I'm going through making sure I've got everything back here. Uh, Ingrid convinces Nathan to come back up to the luxurious world because Lord knows that girl ain't living in the two gig network. We have Nora now living with the Luds, a group of technic skeptic anarchists. And she ends up bonding with one of the leaders, gentleman named Mateo. There's definitely a little uh, connection there, a little chemistry. And as we find out, no, Ingrid did not upload herself. She is using what they call a hug suit. It's basically a virtual reality suit that actually puts pressure on her body when someone touches her. She is still alive. She's lying about being the upload. We go throughout the season. It's uh, it's actually a much shorter season. It's only seven episodes. As the first one, I believe, was was that ten? Yeah, that was ten episodes. As Nathan has apparently decided that he wants to go on a bit more of a moral crusade. He's tired of these elitists, maybe the one <coughs> percent in Lakeview, hogging all of the data which they will never use. As he goes further, and he also starts to find out some. A little bit more to the conspiracy about his death, including that his uber-rich neighbor, David Choke, who in season one we got to know a little bit as just kind of this seemingly harmless old billionaire who died. But now we're learning a little bit more in that he is not so harmless. He actually was one of the architects 
behind Nathan's death. And this actually has nothing to do with money. It has to do with politics. It gets kind of confusing. Uh, so, Mark, any point you want to jump in on this uh, before we start talking too much about the conspiracy? What no, were your the, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, so let's go ahead and start with this. Uh, what did you think about the LUDs? Uh, we get to see these anti- uh technology people they're living on the woods i i freaking love the fact that nora comes across them and they're growing vegetables and she's like those are real vegetables grown in the ground and you get probably one of my favorite lines i tried to grow some monsanto seeds but they wouldn't work without a code yeah <laughs> i like the luds um i'll tell you I, I was thinking about this i i like the idea of the luds however it wasn't my favorite part of season two and it made me long for season one I remember the discussion that we had, Lo, those those many months ago about season one and, you know, the whole concept of the singularity, uploading your consciousness, what it's like to, you know, the stuff that Jesse and I talked about on Black Mirror, what it's like to live in a virtual reality. What is life without struggle? The You know, these the sort of pseudo philosophical questions that come up with technology and virtual reality that come about. And I like those discussions. My problem with the LUDs in season two there's, I think, a discussion to be had about the loss of real Earth, you know, as opposed to being so drawn in by the technological present. You know, you, you lose that sense of what is what is nature? You know, what is it to be out in, in nature, to be in the weather, you know, to feel real trees and, you know, and eat real food um, that people long for those sorts of things, those sorts of things. I think it's up there a little bit with the LUDs, but they don't have a lot of time to explore it because they've also got to do the conspiracy thing and they've got to do Ingrid's plot about wanting a real boy. You know, it's just, there's just so much going on in season two and not a lot of time to explore it. But I think there are some interesting ideas being slightly touched on with the LUDs in season two. That's true. When we get to introduce to the LUDs, I kind of just started laughing because i have known so many people who say they want to live off the grid <laughs> the country they people. Hate no seriously <laughs> like my old roommate amanda was just crazy about how much she wanted to live off the grid and she introduced yeah, no, me I, all I, these I, people who wanted that i was being serious about it like like you know when they say crunchy people like granola people you know hippies. very crunchy yeah like they 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 are eschewing um the the technological present for a, a simpler time um, you know, not not quite the Amish, but something along those lines, you know, just sort of the I am this world with too much, you know, too much concrete and too much plastic uh, holds no value for me. And I need to go back to the earth. I mean, there's something there's something real to discuss about that. It's true. I kind of wish that they had gone a little bit more into for lack of better terms, the addiction to technology. Mm -hmm. You see a little bit when Nora talks about the phantom phone, how she you know reaches out to grab her, you know, mm -hmm. pull her. Because in this world, phones are on bracelets that are on your wrist, and you basically pull them out and you get a little. How many times uh, have you felt your leg vibrate? <clears throat> how many times have you been holding your phone but you felt your leg vibrate? Because how your phone's in your pocket you all the time. How many times have you heard what sounds like a ping from your uh, messenger or a, or your ringtone, and there's not even any sound? It's totally in your imagination. I was telling you about uh, a friend of mine before the show started and because she tended to not text all that much when I got one from her, it was like high alert. So I changed her, I changed her tone and I bring that up because when you refresh Twitter, 
it's the same tone. And can mm -hmm. I tell you how many times I would refresh Twitter, hear the tone, and stupidly be like, did I get a message from so-and-so? Like, no. It's the same thing. And I would repeatedly do it as I'm scanning through news. And every time, I'd be like, messenger? No, stupid. There's a running gag when we work at the Comic-Con circuit that if you have a handful of people around you, chances are pretty good. Someone's got their phone on them and somebody is going to get a Facebook messenger. And Facebook messenger alerts sound the same. You can't customize that. Yeah. So when someone hears a ping, everyone in a quarter mile whips their phone out and goes, was that me? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, who was that? So my my wife and I's sort of social circles have increased exponentially over the past nine months. Um, and so my wife being much, having been much more social and much more popular than I am, gets much more messages than I do, you know, in a five minute span. And there have definitely been times where our phones are going off and they're both equidistant away from each other. And we literally have no idea which phone went off. And, and and only and sometimes like we will share the same sounds with things. So like you hear a sound, you're like, "Is that mine or you? Is that what do we think it is? Is that this person?" You know, and, God. My favorite is the TikTok. Not TikTok. My favorite is the Snapchat. The Snapchat alert. Oh, that is the most annoying thing ever. I used to joke on a couple of boards that the cha-ching that you hear uh, if you have a sell on Etsy app like I do from my shop mm -hmm. is the same cha-ching that you hear in a lot of cartoons for the cash register. It's cash register sound. Yeah. The tone is specifically, though, the identical to SpongeBob, that whenever <laughs> you hear the cha-ching and the Krusty Krab, you instinctively grab your phone like, oh, I got a sale. Nope. Someone just bought a damn Krabby Patty. <laughs> nice. So, but... And again, that's something that actually resonated with me because if you remember, I got hacked over the holidays mm -hmm. and I couldn't use Facebook or Instagram for a while. And I'm just going to go in a minute. I kind of went through a bit of social media withdrawal. Um, not Can saying I... it's... Please go ahead, go ahead. finish, but I got something I got to add to that. Go ahead. I had gotten so used to having access to social media through Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. I actually had headaches and I was just real. I, I felt not sick, like throwing up sick, but just I felt you went through withdrawal. Yeah, it, it was horrible. And I, and I just kind of realized it's like, oh, my, I was kind of beating myself up. I'm going, oh, really, Alexis, you're this addicted to Facebook? It's like, no, I, you get addicted. You you, you think of yourself like, oh, I'm not addicted to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or whatever the hell you're on. But you don't realize just how much of your time is spent in those, you know, on that using that level of technology and how much of it it does affect your life. And, you know, you think it's like, oh, I can go without Facebook for a day. It's like and then you start to go and you really start to go through the motions of withdrawal without even realizing it. So I was at a, a Toyota dealership um, last week to get an oil change for my car. It was a quarterly service. And I meant to kind of just sit and watch TV on my phone. This girl came in. She's wearing a corn T-shirt. And I just just making like casual. Like I wasn't trying to pick her up. But um, I was like, hey, corn. Like I'm a fan. I took my daughter last year. It's corn and stain. And we the entire time she was waiting for her tire to get put on. We were talking concerts. And, you know, and it was like we had a really good conversation going. And I was kind of just satisfied with the amount of time that killed. I honestly, again, was not trying to pick this gal up but she was like hey do you have like instagram i'm like yeah she's like hit me up on instagram and somebody else had told me that that's basically become like a dating site like that really? is a that instagram is first of all 
you know, for a lot of, especially girls, for a lot of girls, I, that is their method of communication. Like our group, our little podcast group is messenger. Like we mostly communicate through messenger, but I know people who, um, like as far as like person to person chatting, like they'll use WhatsApp, they'll use kick, um, they'll use Snapchat. I have seen people like Snapchat, their major method of communication. Mm-hmm. And for, I guess a lot of girls, it's Instagram. Like, like Instagram, the thing that you essentially are using to just to show pictures, that's the, the, that's how they talk to their friends. I actually have a friend who that's all he does is communicate with me through Instagram. Okay, because so, I use Instagram, but I use it to put up company. I yeah. use it for product photos and, you know, at the when I'm at the conventions, I take pictures of the cosplayers and put that up there. Yeah, no, apparently people are just like chatting and picking each other up on Instagram. Weird. <laughs> Yep. I see a lot of dating sites, too. <clears throat> a lot of dating sites. It's, hey, can't see likes, not paying for the full service. Hit me up on Snapchat or Instagram. No shit. <laughs> Let me know when somebody says, hit me up on OnlyFans, then we'll talk. I Okay, it'll, I'll tell you after the show, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I said, it, it kind of cuts rather sporadically. She gets yeah. a she goes she gets like a phantom ping on her phone. She immediately because this is how you answer your phones, and you get a little screen yeah. that appears right here. And they cut to I think it's a few weeks, two weeks, two mm-hmm. two three weeks, something like that. Enough time for these tomatoes to arrive, and and all of a sudden she's doing better, and she's giving speeches about using uh, envelopes, and they're actually talking about how. It's like you may have seen this is how our ancestors communicate. I'm like, oh my have you God. ever tried to explain to somebody rotary phones? Yes. <laughs> like um, or my even even better one, VHS players. My how kids don't library, even know. How about library catalogs? Yes. How about when we had to do uh reports in school? And we didn't have the internet to look up sources. We actually had to right. go find books and magazines. Back a hundred years ago, when I was in elementary school, you know, where there were where there were no cars or our circles, and everything was uphill both ways through forty feet of snow. One of the, you know, how you had gym and you had music and you, you know, you had different like not electives. It's elementary school, but you had specials. They call them now. Yeah, yeah. One of the specials was library. Because you had to learn how to card catalog and the Dewey Decimal System worked. <sighs> Kids today don't even know. I still had classes where even once the internet was a thing, uh, we were strictly told only, it's like you had to have, you know, you had to have like five sources for your research mm-hmm, yeah. papers. And they would say only one or two of them can be online. Right. The rest have to be print. <laughs> you have to get them from a book. Yeah. Last thing before this turns into market Alexis, remember the good old days. My new like, <laughs> like a fucking seven or eight year difference between two of us. But uh, so I'm on. Did you play? Hey, I'm getting better. Did you did you even let the whole clip play? Yeah, that that clip's actually only two seconds long. I let it, the whole thing play. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I for, I only caught like the little second of it, so I don't know. I, I, <laughs> It's You're weird being on this up. side. You're too wrapped up in the old days, Mr. Old Man in the Mountains, and you don't want them painted. <laughs> the painted. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm on TikTok a lot. And um, what, oh, gosh, I, there was something I saw on TikTok recently, and I've been seeing it a lot. 
And now I've lost, and it was relating to like back in my day, and I've now lost my train of thought. So keep going. Oh, the curse, <laughs> you Pinkie Pie. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and get back to the show. So we've talked about the LUDs, and mm -hmm. like so I, I'm with you. I do kind of wish we had spent a little bit more time with them. I would have liked to have seen more of Nora's getting used to a world without technology but mm -hmm. there is so much we got to cram into this season there's a lot of characters from the first season who make very brief cameos in this uh one of the big um recurring characters the first season was the boy who had died and was placed in Lakeview, who kept mm -hmm. getting mad because his parents refused to pay for him to, to, to age up, up. To, yeah, to upgrade to an older age because they wanted to remember him just as he was and he was basically like a 19 year old trapped in the body of a 12 year old right and we Which, had some we actually how does that e how does that even work though because the whole the whole process of aging if we could just talk about this for just a second because mm -hmm. i don't know how much of this we touched on with season one but it did again it's been a while since we'd seen season one and even like getting to season two this is now you know months later but I, I kind of remember that story of like he, he died when he was 12 and he'd been in lakeview for a long time but the natural course of aging requires hormone changes. Mm -hmm. um, it requires it, it, it um, causes changes in brain chemistry. That change in brain chemistry is what causes the moodiness in teenagers and whatnot. So my thing is your brain is dead. You are now code. That code is constant. Unless the code itself evolves, how are you aging? Like how, it's, how you know it's probably not so much aging it's more changing the avatar of the body it no, what i'm saying is like you, you call him like he's like a 19 year old in a 12 year old's body what we're saying here is that his maturity level changed but how without the necessary biological components do you think it's possible to mature and change through external circumstances of just being around things do you think it's possible i mean maybe it's possible that being around all these other older adults in lakeview see i mean that's, that's and, and maybe though. maybe maybe it's not so much that he has the mind of a 19 year old maybe he doesn't maybe it still is the mind of a 12 year old he's just still impatient as hell here's what i'll tell you um your environment will impact your behavior you know, if you live in a chaotic environment, you will be traumatized. That trauma, that that trauma, will change your behavior. You will do X, Y, Z. Without the changes in body chemistry, I don't know how much your environment changes you. Again, we're talking computer code, and that's one of the funny, the fun things about upload. It's it's a silly kind of com dramedy, but it does ask some interesting questions because we're not quite at the level where we can do this yet. But I don't think anyone, it's kind of like AI, you know, the nightmare of AI from 20 to 40 years ago, where, you know, between Terminator and all these other science fiction things, like the big things about like, well, AI would make life so much better. Yes, but what if it develops into Ultron? You know, and so much of our fiction relates to that and, and explores that because there's a real fear there. And what I'm getting to is we're just now seeing in fiction this idea of the singularity are people asking those kinds of questions? Like how much of the human experience can truly be retained when all you are, are is computer code? You see what I'm saying? Very true. 
And actually, I think that's a good segue because another character that we could talk about who actually does make a lot more appearances in the season. In fact, I would never have guessed this would be a character that would get an evolution is AI guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have uh, one singular uh, avatar uh, Mm -hmm. who is used repeatedly, basically as all of the staff and servants, if you will, of Lakeview. We actually meet the guy who horizon paid to use his likeness uh his name is boris he's a i, I love it's like he's an unemployed actor you could have just said actor <laughs> again <laughs> i know a lot of people who would say that mm-hmm. and it's actually kind of fascinating that he is one of the characters that develops we actually see him learning a bit more about humans and learning through empathy. You have the scene where uh, the temp Tinsley, another Mm -hmm. new character this season actually comes to him and gives him some support after he's yelled at by Ingrid again. And it affects him. It's he's an AI program, but it affects him. He learns a little bit because we then later see him using what he learned when Ingrid has that breakdown in the elevator. Mm -hmm. So, He's grown as well. He's the one that figures out that Ingrid is not uploaded, that she's just plugged in. And the, you get this great bit where he's like, I'm not going to tell. I, I am literally forbidden to tell anyone I can't because of my coding. But why are you doing this? <laughs> Again, it, it does go back to like the Ultron thing, <laughs> which is a funny thing I see a lot like on TikTok in different places. Like Ultron was alive for 30 seconds and decided humanity had to go. <laughs> Which I think has been said about Skynet as well. They turned Skynet on, and thirty seconds later, nope. <laughs> you, yeah, you're all let's, there. let's face it; uh, <laughs> it doesn't take long to realize that humanity sucks. <laughs> eh, life ain't so bad. Eh, I always like the joke that they made in Supernatural and uh, Dragon Ball Z, where the the higher up gods basically spared us not because of our kindness or our compassion, because of our food. <laughs> there's a great scene in supernatural where literally death like the grim reaper death is supposed to wipe out chicago with i think it's a hurricane and mm. one of the main characters barters with them and he's like well what about chicago and he goes they can stay they got good pizza <laughs> so again it's like yeah it's like it's not our kindness and compassion that will save us it's the ability to to make really good nachos a little cynical but you know fine remember who you're talking to mark okay so let's go ahead and uh let's move on a little bit we talked about the let's ai uh we can what do you want to talk next we can talk about the conspiracy more or we can talk about uh nora and no i want to talk about ingrid (laughs) okay let's go ahead and talk about the most psychic psychotic character ever that i i both hate and feel okay, so, so w- sorry for this woman so my wife and i have been having this conversation about what it feels like to feel when you feel like you're nobody's first choice you have done everything everything to win in in, in your a, a power and ability now you may be in fact a flawed person so what you feel like is you giving it your all may be perceived by that object of affection and maybe the rest of the known universe as you're a fucking asshole. You're just the worst. But you, in your cognitive dissonance, truly believe you are 
not only deserving of love, but deserving of love of that object of affection and are doing what you think are all the right things to win that person over. Which brings us to poor Ingrid, who all she wants is poor Robbie Amell, you know, and she does not know why Robbie Amell isn't madly in love with her. She doesn't know she's terrible. <laughs> and, and she's doing, you know, all of these things to try to win him over. Now she's, you know, narcissistic, pathological liar, just an all around personality disordered shrew, but she's trying <laughs> and she doesn't know that all of this is being perceived that way. She thinks she's awesome. And then she is truly bothered when this thing, when these things don't work out, when, you know, Robbie Amell still, you know, has a flame for Nora when he doesn't want to have a baby with her. Why don't you want to have a baby with me? I'm amazing. And it's like, ugh. Um, meanwhile, she didn't really kill herself. She didn't upload. She's she's manipulating him. Mm -hmm. But the most amazing thing about the personality disordered person is that they do all the wrong things for what they believe to be the right reasons. They're not even the right reasons. They're totally selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. Her motivations are purely ego-driven. She wants a baby to feel better about herself. No better reason to have one. You know. <laughs> there was a lot also, I think. We have a very brief scene where uh, Ingrid's mother, and I think that was her younger brother, we met her family in season one. I do not remember uh, a lot of them, except that the majority mm -hmm. of them are incredibly elite snobs. Oh, the we one girl that was in My Spy who's an orbs. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, wasn't that? That was Robbie. That's uh, uh, Nathan's nephew, whose yeah. name is literally Heaven Backwards, Nevaeh. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, because get the niece, scene where Ingrid brings her over and Nevaeh is just... Niece. You said nephew. It's a niece. It's a girl. Did I say nephew? Yes. Okay. I'm we sorry. We want to make sure we're talking about the right character. Yeah. No, you yeah. have that scene. We have a scene in season one where Ingrid brings Nevaeh over for a sleepover because she wants mm -hmm. to get to know her. And I remember us talking about this uh, scene because it shows that Ingrid is not a horrible person deep down. She right. does care and she does really care for Nevaeh. And you mm -hmm. got this uh, scene where they're eating and Nevaeh has clearly never eaten food that is not 3D printed. Mm -hmm. And they talk about how actually getting real food, like chicken with a bone in it, mm -hmm. is just not something that a lot of people do and it's also apparently a very upper class thing because Novea is just shocked like there's a bone in here and ingrid's family laughs at her yeah just like <laughs> you you've never had food with a bone yeah it's the homeless person eating with the wrong fork mm -hmm. at the fancy dinner yeah and we get a scene where ingrid's mother and her brother come <laughs> to check on her and basically yank her yank the kid out of the basement who won't get offline mm -hmm. and ingrid gives a speech to her mother that reveals so much about her character talking mm -hmm. about how she's like i'm going to have a family and i'm going to have a be a better mother and i am never going to make my kids feel the way you made me feel and that is just well, the way specifically she was like <coughs> i'm never going to make my kids feel like they were a burden on me the way you made me feel like i was a burden on you exactly and that is actually one of the biggest telling moments of ingrid's character 
The fact is that what she wants, what she sees in Nathan, she's not in love with. Let me let me cut you off there. I want you to go back. I want you to go back to that point, but I got to get in something very specific here. She was never given the tools. She was. This is where I got to put my mental health hat on. She was never really given the tools to um, associate appropriately, interact appropriately with other people. Mm-hmm. So you know, not not that she's like a baboon, but you know, when you're not, when you're in a, a, a cold, neglectful household, you're not given appropriate like coping and interactive tools to where you can develop <clears throat> positive relationships with people. Mm-hmm. In a situation where you're always neglected, all you ever learn is how to create attention for yourself that you're not getting from the people that are supposed to be guiding you, correcting you, setting boundaries, modeling behavior. We always talk about like the neglect in abject poverty, but we never talk about the neglect in um, wealth. You know, the wealthy parents that have children because that's what you're supposed to do, or that is the product of, you know, a night's drunken bender. And then it's like, I don't want to parent. I don't have to parent. I don't have to do anything. I have money. <laughs> so these kids grow up without models, without uh, without that guidance, and all the and all their behaviors relate back to how do I create attention for myself? How do I receive attention? And a lot of it is, you know, doing negative behaviors because at least negative behaviors elicit some sort of response, exactly. and that's what. And that is what Ingrid is speaking to. It's why I like the character so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's terrible, but she's the most real character in this thing that isn't like a Mary Sue or a White Knight or, you know, or just comedy relief. She's the most real character in here. And so when you were like, what do you want to talk about? Like, I just want to talk about her because she's not a villain in the she's not a villain in the traditional sense where she has this evil motivation um, you know, the best villains, as Robert would say, Robert Winfrey, you know, the best villains are the ones that are doing the wrong thing, believing that they are doing the right thing in their mm-hmm. heart. In that sense, maybe, but she's not necessarily looking to do bad things. She's looking, you know, I made a joke about it. I was snarky, but a lot of times people will create children because at least then somebody will love them unconditionally. And that's something they, they crave and never have had before. Part of that also what I, if I can jump in a little bit, another thing that I noticed is, (laughs) how do I turn off the comments? (laughs) I'll just like this, it's fine. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) I've seen a lot of girls, a lot of people in general, for God's sake, <laughs> who basically they latch on to the f- ideal fantasy of what they think they can have. Mm-hmm. I think for me, Ingrid is not, she talks about how much she loves Nathan. I don't think she really loves him. I don't think she knows enough about him. I don't think she cares to know about him, but she looks at Nathan and she sees someone who can fulfill the fantasy that she has to yes. be a better person than her mother was. She looks at him and it's like, you will fit nicely into my little, you know, you'll be my Prince Charming. Yeah. And Have you ever heard of the have you ever heard of the girl who has the wedding book 
and you know she's got her in the dress and she's got all the things she's got the flatware and she's got everything in the book and the only thing she has is and the only thing that's missing is the head of the groom yeah she's that pretty much yeah like i said she just to her there is no this is everything i mean she does not understand what she has to give and what mm -hmm. she has to surrender right. and how she has to work at this well it there's a sense the of entitlement there too because she yeah. because in lieu of love and proper modeling and guidance she got stuff mm -hmm. stuff was expected you get to the point that even when nathan is considering having a child with her you find out that in the virtual landscape a man can carry the child yeah which is, Boy, does that raise all kinds of questions. Oh, yeah. That's like, there's a Pandora's box there. We do not have time to open. <laughs> but the minute that the a, that the NPCs, I'm going to call it, says, which one of you will be carrying the child? Ingrid goes, not it. And she doesn't even back down. She's like, nope, he's going to carry the child. It's like, you want to have a child in the worst way, and you're not even willing to make the sacrifice to carry the child. What hey, I wanna, the hell? I want to quick um, take a time out and do yourself a favor and this is now reminding me of it before you put a comment on screen make sure you read it i didn't put the comment on the screen it automatically you, no no up. i keep doing that i keep doing it back to you because you keep taking it off he he's added another one oh, for God's you're gonna sake. <laughs> you're gonna read it and you're gonna roll your eyes don't put it on screen and let that be a lesson don't do what i did not read the comment and just rapid fire put them on because then you get demonetized. So you're the one popping them on screen, actually. Oh, yeah, no, I keep doing it back to you just to be an asshole. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was automatic. I didn't no, realize no, you were keep getting rid of it. I'm like, click. <laughs> well, well, I was welcome. okay. After a while, I was just trying to prove that I actually can get through this without somebody <laughs> calling me that. <laughs> yeah, it was all in good fun. Sure it was. Hey, listen, okay. he did he did that to me too, by the way. I know. That's why I I'm, know. That's what I'm saying. Like I like I absolutely didn't read what he wrote and put it on screen. It was like, whoops, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> that's completely correct, Pat. Yeah. See, that one I read ahead. <laughs> yeah, you go. All right. All right. But no, this is this season Ingrid does steal the show. I mean, like I said, mm -hmm. she just does not understand. And again, I keep going back to the fact I don't think she really understands what <laughs> love is. No, you know, but, you but that is the but that's like a classic personality disorder thing, too. Mm -hmm. People develop personality disorders because they are not raised in nurturing environments. And so they don't know what it looks like. And they certainly can't give it back to people, which is basically ingrid's character absolutely yeah you have that scene where the luds come in to get nathan's body to enact their plan and she is trying to steal the body away and she just screams he's all i have just this right. breakdown and even mateo standing going what fresh hell have i walked into because Robbie is not a person. Robbie is an. I said I use for his object of affection. For the record, Robbie is Nathan. It's yeah. we're, we're going <coughs> to go back and, and forth on the name, but that's we're yeah. yeah we're talking about the 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 male lead. So, um... <laughs> Pat, have you even watched Upload? <laughs> no, he's doing this just to mess with us. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, like I find hilarious. Welcome, welcome to Alexa's first ever TV party. Welcome to your hazing. 
Let's keep going. Can I get um, by a broadcaster who I actually get along with? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Taurus lock from the inside, faggot. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's but, a bad small joke. Yeah, anyway, no, so back like, to Ingrid. Yeah, yeah, so so we're talking about object of affection, which is a phrase, is saying like this is the thing that I that I want to give love to and receive love back from. She legitimately objectifies Nathan. Mm-hmm. Nathan is not a person. Nathan is one of many objects she seeks and has been used to being given. And Nathan knows that. Nathan knows that there's no real love between them. It's He's just the latest in a line of things she expected to be. She, she is entitled to receive, which is why you have that contrast with him and Nora who have a real spark and a real love for each other. And that is a big part of both seasons is they're on again, off again, um, budding romance. And it's something that Ingrid is aware of and can't understand. Why would he love this woman? What does she do for him that I'm not? What has she got that I ain't got? What is she doing for him? And, and if you've ever had, if you've ever listened to that conversation or you've been in one of those conversations on either side of it, it's always like the Ingrid's of the world. I did this for you. I did that. You, I let you put it in my butt. I, you know, whatever. Like I did all the things. This woman did nothing. And yet you love her. Such is the ethereal nature of love. And that is the thing that, that the personality disordered person cannot ever fathom. Absolutely. We get an episode where Ingrid takes the day off and she, so apparently one of the other things about this future is we have job gerbils, is I think the phrase, where you can actually pay someone to come in and fill in for you and do your job for the day. So she pays this other woman, an, a elementary school teacher, I think is what mm-hmm. she said she does. Was it kindergarten specifically? I'm trying to remember. Um, who she pays her. Uh, she um there's a a missing comment just go keep going yeah i'm not putting that comment on the screen (laughs) no no, you're not no uh sorry even i have standards believe it or not so she gets this woman to pretend to be her in the hug suit and of Mm -hmm. course uh this is the day that nathan and luke decide to enact their plan to start stealing a lot of data from the members of Lakeview and channeling it down to the 2% or two gigger 2%. Can I, can I tell you that because gigs. they don't do enough with that? It just feels like filler. Absolutely. That That is actually one of the biggest problems I think with series. Going mm-hmm. off what we're talking about with the LUDs and the idea mm-hmm. of technology, we have a thing about the clones. We find out that the rich are cloning themselves. They're recloning their heads. Mm-hmm. So when they perfect downloading, actually putting the consciousness back into a human body, which we have comically seen does not work out well because the first time they tried that, the guy's head exploded. And mm-hmm. what was the percentage? They said they've been starting with pigeons and 80 pigeons survived out of 700, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And even then, a majority of those pigeons' heads still explode. <laughs> you get a great scene of Alicia sitting at a bus stop and a pigeon just walks by and up goes a pigeon. Can we talk about that just for a second? Sure. If we live in a world where you can uh, remove your consciousness from your dying body and put it into a freshly brewed body, what happens to this planet when we can't when, when we stop 
when we stop killing old people, we're creating new people, but we're retaining the old people. What happens when what happens when nobody dies? You know, this is I mean, somewhat stupidly, but this is what the Thanos question dealt with. You know, yep. I, and I don't want to get into what he should have wished for was more resources because duh. But again, I, Pandora's <laughs> box, we don't have time. But that's but that's my point. Like there's so much that upload could be dealing with, but because it's not Black Mirror and because they are married to the traditional narrative of these are chapters in a book, also the limited runtime, this is only a 30-minute show and it's only been seven episodes for season two as opposed to like 10 to 12 to 13 episodes like you would normally find or God forbid the old standard 22 episodes. They're just kind of pointing at things from about 10 yards away, but they're not really exploring it. And I really would like them to... There needed to be a scene or an exchange of dialogue that really gets into the anxiety of, but what if no one ever dies? What are we supposed to do then? You know, mm -hmm. I think about like Ready Player One, that universe where who cares about the video game, but like the, the actual physical place that he lives in where everyone's just stacked on top of each other, mm -hmm. you know, or something like a Coruscant from Star Wars where it's just all, you know, yeah, yeah, once it just it just goes up into the air forever. Kind of like the Jetsons, you know, it's just like yeah. building on top of building on top of building on top of building on top of building. Right. You know, at some point, you, you just... At some point, you run out of the energy to run society. And I wish two jerk-off podcasters weren't talking about it. The show needed to talk about that. And instead, it kind of, kind of points at it and goes... There's this thing over there, this sort of philosophical issue that we're kind of dealing with. But hey, Ingrid wants a baby, <laughs> you know, or let's do let's do fun stuff here. Um, you know, let, let's. But let's you're right. There this. is a lot of serious uh, philosophical. We talked about this again in the first season. There's a lot of philosophical questions that this show raises, but it's a rom com, and mm -hmm. they really. Don't go into it that much. This is the kind of show that you want to really, again, it's very Black Mirror-esque. You want to sit down and talk about people with this idea. And yeah, the idea that, that they establish cloning is illegal. You know, they, they clear that up in the final episode. But obviously these people are illegally cloning themselves, cloning their new heads. And I'm not going to lie, that scene of all the headless bodies and the heads in the bags kind of connected, reminded me of future. like through a few arteries <laughs> just say it kind of reminded me of like futurama but here, here's what but, I'll but you. just like the, seeing the arteries connecting the heads i'm not gonna lie that was creepy as hell i know you're a tree hugging liberal uh commie uh 99 i get it we all get it don't but call if, me a 99 i hate i really <laughs> do not call me that Yes, I'm liberal, but don't call me a 99%er. So as the token in this particular instance, I, I was pushed to the right because of you, you know, whereas I normally push to the left because of everyone else. Um, let me what, be the I'm one the only I'm the only major liberal on the network? That actively does podcast, yes. Um, oh, great. <laughs> there's, now, there's a few of you commies in the group. They just don't always do podcasts. And they also kind of keep this to a you know dull roar. Um, hi, Andrew. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, why is it that it's the uh, fascists who don't know when to shut their damn mouths? When someone yells at you again, I'm not going to step in front of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're on your own, sister. Anyway, 
speaking of fascism, what I wanted to talk about was how because the show has kind of a liberal bent to it, has a progressive spin, there's definitely, at least in the writer's room, somewhat of an agenda. They are more concerned with modern kitchen table sociopolitical agenda than they are with the scientific uh, philosophical discussions that could be had. It's one of my major annoyances about Upload. The show so badly wants to bash billionaires, it's not dealing with the obvious elephants in the room. That is a major frustration I have with the thematic writing of this thing, is that they are so... The writing is so preoccupied that it actually lessens the quality of the show for me because because you're missing big, interesting pieces you could be talking about. And here's the thing. It's not because it's a comedy, because the Orville does this, does an amazing job of that. The Orville in season one dealt with transgendered children. This show barely touches on some of the stuff we're talking about. That's a frustration I have. And that agrees with me. Uh, it does feel like the show has a lot that it wants to say, but it's just either they don't have the time, they want to stick more to the rom-com formula, or they're scared that Bezos is actually going to start paying attention. You know, take your pick. <laughs> You're cut. Why? You hurt my feelings. So... And because, yeah, I do wish that, I mean, we obviously see that he has to, that uh, Nathan has to give up the pen knife that he stole, though he was using to access the code. And even that, I thought was such a cool idea. And I hated that they had to give that up in the third episode. He had the code and he could access any part of this. And he's a brilliant coder. So I love just that scene of him being able to change uh, the, the, the cards on poker night. You know, that was really cool, but mm-hmm. he's got to ditch it because he's they find out it's been stolen. He's got to get caught. And again, this is only a seven episode season. So obviously we got to move things along, but it's gone in three episodes. And right. it's like this was, again, opened so many possibilities and you got rid of it. Wow, we keep branching out. I think we were talking originally about poker knife with the pen knife because we were talking about Ingrid using the job gerbil. Yes. And how that's the one and uh, yeah, Nathan bonds with Ingrid when it's not Ingrid. He he falls for her when it's not her. He sees this other person who doesn't know that it he doesn't know it's not his girlfriend and he is just so enthralled with her. I mean, what mm-hmm. does that say that this woman that he is this other woman that he's never met doesn't know her name, doesn't know a damn thing about her and he had so much more chemistry with her than he ever did with his actual girlfriend. Right. What else you got on the agenda, Tuts? <sighs> okay, so let's That was go for ahead. you, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. We're almost at an hour. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about Let's go ahead and start wrapping things up a little bit. Let's talk about the major cliffhangers that we've got at the end of this season. That's because good. while the first season did have some decent cliffhangers, this one has got a lot going on for it. The show has been renewed. It was picked up in uh, May of 2022 for a third season. And they have got a lot of unanswered questions. So among other things, 
uh, Nathan has been su successfully downloaded into his cloned body. He gets to actually spend his night with Nora, but he's worried because, like they said, the pigeons that have mostly survived only lasted for 24 hours. Now, he's on a quest to... He, there's a backdoor uh, uh, sabotage in the code that was stolen and used for um, Freon is what it's called uh, for this new free digital afterlife and it's in his retinal scan so now that he's got his body he can use the retinal scan but he's got less than 24 hours now we see his nose start bleeding we don't know it's like is his head gonna pop like you know like a teenager's back zit so we got that we find out that his mother has is signing up for Freon. His mother is going to upload. She's basically going to kill herself. Mm -hmm. She's essentially doing the pioneer thing. She's going to go in and she's going to start building up this great afterlife where anyone who gets too old or too sick or anything can come and join her and live a wonderful, carefree life. But now they're attempting to sabotage that. And now, you know, Nathan's going to find out his mother is in this digital afterlife that he's going to go after. That's probably going to complicate things. We also find out back at uh, the Lakeview office, Tinsley, who I'm going to just say is Tinsley, I think is my new favorite character of the season. She mm -hmm. was so cute. She's a temp who was brought in. She's adorable. She's just like, I really need this job. She's so awkward at first. And we see her actually kind of grow into her role in working IT. We see her start to develop a rapport. She's the one who actually shows respect to the AI. She's a great, very fun character. And I'm also going to say, I love the fact that she makes, she updates Nora's avatar to use for her own because she doesn't have her own avatar yet. And she gives her blue streaks in the hair and Nora <laughs> gets mad at that. And I'm like, screw you lady, blue hair is awesome. But of course, yeah, you see Tinsley with her avatar and she's got streaks and color in her hair. And it's like, it's just so cute. You see this girl who clearly is very down on her luck, kind of having fun with it. And yeah, she also bonds with Nathan because she sees him as very caring. You love that, that, that scene where he actually does talk to her in Nora's avatar and he knows it's not her. And he's like, look, you did a really good job tonight. And he gives her her first five-star review. And she's so touched. It, again, it's like, no, you get the feeling no one's ever given her this kind of validation before. It's a very touching scene. But when she can't find Nathan, she assumes he fell into, I can't remember what it's called. That, um, like, basically the edge of the digital world. It's like, just mm -hmm. he basically fell off a bridge. Mm -hmm. And we find out that they can actually reboot him. Mm -hmm. They've got, they can reboot him. They've got his, all of his, I guess they do a uh, wireless backup on his memories and they're developing a new avatar of him. And of course, Ingrid, who we thought had seen a little bit of growth and development when she saw Nathan get out of the tube and be uh, downloaded is still cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because she goes and gets his hair off of a brush and it looks like she is not done trying to clone him. Of course, but now the question is, what's she going to do with a clone without his consciousness? Or is, wow, yeah, there's, there's a discussion for another day that we do not have time for. How do you clone some, can they, can they clone someone without their consciousness since his consciousness has been redownloaded or does she know that there is a backup of oh my god i'm hurting my brain <laughs> please 
go ahead and talk. Because like I said, there's a lot to unpack. Oh, God, I've gone cross-eyed. Huh? Um, Oh, God, I've gone (laughs) cross-eyed. The only thing I'm going to say in conclusion to this is the least interesting stuff to me is like Nathan's conspiracy behind his death. Um, The one of the things I, I said it before, one of the things I really liked about season one was that it really played in this universe and what it meant and it raised questions and it dealt more with that. And there were more like funny scenarios. Like what does this donut taste like? You know, it was kind of like the matrix that, that, that question in the matrix where there was just like, how do we know that this is chicken? Do the robots know what chicken tastes like? How do we know it? You know, we've just assumed that this is what chicken tastes like that whole speech yeah you get a joke when they say the upgrade they're finally installing uh umami into our tongues it's like oh so mm-hmm. that's why everything around here tastes like kettle corn yeah <laughs> again that's that's funny <clears throat> right the show is better when it deals with stuff like that but i think they felt compelled to write a more stronger narrative um that you know, there's a mystery and there's a this and there because conspiracy and so, like, there's, like, three parts of the show. There's, like, a pol- sociopolitical, uh, cultural agenda. There's the questions of modern technology and, and what all does this mean. And then there's this uh, plot-driven fictional narrative having to deal with conspiracies and stuff. And two out of three of those keep the show interesting for me. That one-third that this season was, and this is the point that I'm making, was a little overly reliant on uh, was the reason why, like, I was kind of only watching with one eye. So not as good as the first season, I think. Um, it, it doesn't even feel like its own season. It just feels like the back half of season one. But not, a, no not, 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 not the strongest finish. I, I, at the end of season one, I was more interested in why Ingrid uploaded and what all that meant for Robbie and where Nora was going. And will Robbie and you know, will they or won't they with Robbie and Nora? I mean, that is probably one part of the fictional narrative that I do enjoy is Robbie and Nora's romance. They are totes adorbs. Yeah, I'm not a huge rom-com fan, but they these characters are a lot of fun, and we like watching them grow together. I was thrilled to see them actually get to hook up. I mean, they're no Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, but I mean, they have some degree of sexual chemistry to them, and you want to see them, you want to see love win the day. And this season wasn't nearly like there was their budding romance in season one was one of the major anchors. They're not even together for half of this season. So that was, you know, I'm hoping the third season, it starts to find its legs a little bit more and it gives us a little bit more of the philosophical and less of the, you know, running from the bad guys kind of stuff, because that's the weakest part of the show for me. Agreed. I still enjoyed the season. It does uh, open up a lot of questions, but it really does feel like the show is having trouble figuring out which questions it really wants to answer. I mean, we have an episode where because the LUDs did a digital attack, now the company has decided that they can listen. That basically said, oh, this is, you know, an extreme. Now we can listen in on our uh, clients' thoughts. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure this was a, you know, insanely thin-veiled, uh, you know, con- commentary on the Patriot Act. But, yeah, they talk about how they can now, it's like, well, because of this attack, we can now listen to our customers thoughts and dreams oh and also we can profit off of it and sell it you get this one uh luke the army guy nathan's best friend 
who is so freaking adorable in this season. He really, I, I do love Luke because you get the idea that he has been so alone in this digital afterlife. He's one, there are not that many people that are he and Nathan's age, you know, so he's just so, so thrilled to have someone he can talk to and identify with. And we even get a really great scene with uh, him giving a day pass to his old army buddy. And the army buddy sticks up for him. He's like, he was a wonderful guy. He was, a you know, amazing uh, commander, sergeant. I don't remember what Luke's position was in the military. But he, he develops so much with him. And then you find out they're selling his dreams. He's having weird sex dreams about his handler, Alicia. And they're selling them. And Alicia is so mortified that she actually restricts him to having elementary school level dreams although admittedly the scene of him would on what is pretty much the set of blues clues was so funny <laughs> so cute but he actually gets into doing the puzzles it was adorable <laughs> <clears throat> but i feel like the show would really benefit um, interestingly enough i think it would benefit from a longer season we only yeah. had 10 episodes in the first one, seven episodes in this one. There is so much that we got to unpack. I think the show would do a lot better if they actually expanded on that. And we got like, hell, I'll say 20 episodes. I think we got 20 episodes to really dive into what is going on with the philosophical ramifications of them using this digital afterlife to rig elections in swing states to keep the poor, poor, the poor people poor. Because that is literally what's happening. That is literally the conspiracy that we uncover. And it just takes a back note to watching Ingrid freak out because she can't get the uh, robo-baby to go to sleep. Which is funny. Okay. I think the I, We last... want all of it. We don't think... want... I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. I, well, I, I, just, like... I, I think in conclusion, and then we should go to plugs, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, Got is uh, I feel like the show would benefit from a better premise, writing, cast, and production team. Thanks, Pat. Pat, always, wow. <laughs> always with an insightful comment. Oh, Wrap Patty. it up, sister. It's like, wow, Pat, you call yourself a critic? <sighs> Christ. Okay, so yes, the show has been... Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So the show's been picked up for a third season. We don't know yet uh, when we're going to get that. They haven't uh, announced any uh, filming or production updates, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But there is a lot to unpack, and hopefully we do get a longer season. So let's go ahead, uh, unless there was anything else you wanted to comment on, anything I forgot. Nope. I'm good. Okay. Hey, Alexis, I really great. Thank you for having me here on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network. This was a great show, and we can't wait for you to do another TV party. With other guests, not me. Was I that bad? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> do you have so do you have some stuff lined up? Like, yeah, actually, uh, talk a little bit about what your uh I'm just gonna leave this here for the duration of the show. Um <laughs> I'm so gonna give your... you a credit pad. If that was actually a comment on uh Mystery Science Theater three thousand, you actually have moved up a little bit in my respect. Well, he's doing John Lovitz. Okay, is it a John Lovitz reference? Or that's a is John it Lovitz a reference, pod? yes. I thought it was a Pod People reference. No, that's John Lovitz like, from okay. The Critic. The yeah, I know The Critic. The I history. have the entire season, or series. Yeah, it's well, the best cartoon it in the history of animation. <laughs> anyway, what is your plan? What are you doing next? Okay, 
I actually do not have a plan at the moment. Like I said, I was a little, I just learned how to use this software a few days ago. I am going now that I actually understand what I'm doing here, because until we started uh, getting into this, I didn't even know where the sound effects buttons were. <laughs> there, and there. I promise not to abuse them. They're, they're right here. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. So, Loki. Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck did I do? You happy now, bitch? And now, I'm up at News Flash. <laughs> Save me, Robert. <laughs> Just one time I want to just do that and then cut to like you with a shotgun in your mouth. <laughs> You're not Dangerly getting rid of me that easily, Mark. Dangerly putting on a noose. <laughs> oh, sorry. If I'm not going to do that for Jeff, I'm not going to do that for you. All right. So now what are you? You don't have a plan, but what are your ideas? What do you, you, know, okay, you think you might so want to do in the there, Okay. Yes. So I watch Cuphead, by the way. We watch Cuphead. Yes, I do want to talk about Cuphead season two. I would love to get your daughter's input because I know how thrilled she was to finally get Cala Maria on the show. Uh, I believe she was, yes. Okay, so we got that. Uh, A couple other people have talked to mentioned me that they want to talk about The Sandman now that that's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, We should have recorded that actually weeks ago. We are so freaking behind, so there's that. Uh, With October coming up, I want to do some uh, more horror Horror movie plugs. Apparently, my dogs want to get in on uh, the commentary. What a surprise. So, kicking around a couple of ideas. We'll see where things go. Uh, like I said, I my my main concern was making sure that I learned how to use all of this yeah. first. And it's like, okay, once I know how to not land flat on my face, then we'll have a plan. Okay. Makes sense. Um, talk to me before you start committing to some movie reviews just so we don't have um, duplications and wrong things and whatnot. Yeah, no problem. Okay. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to plugs in and wrap this up because I know you're just dying to get the hell out of here. Uh, do you, you want to do your first plug, your plugs first, or should um, I go first? No, I, I got it. Uh, so I've been on the W2M uh, website page. We've been uh, building pages for some old shows this weekend. I put up pages for our Upon a Burning Body Southern Hostility review. The Metal Hammer of Doom from 2019. These are all 2019. Glory Hammer, which is the greatest name of a band ever. Legends from Beyond the Galactic Terror Vortex. Amon Amarth, who are currently on tour, and I think there's a new album. He's out now or due out soon. Berserker, would you like to suck my cock? Berserker, would you like some making fuck? Berserker. Did he just I thought say you didn't fuck? like Kevin Smith. I don't like him now. I think he needs to get laid and shut up and get off Twitter. But back then when he <laughs> but but back then when he was making fuck, he was great. Um, speaking of making fuck, L7, Scatter the Rats, you got a page up for that. And if you're looking for some new content in my two-day-a-week schedule, we'll have a Metal Hammer of Doom extra this week uh, for the new Clutch album. Um, we'll see if I tell sexy stories or not. I haven't decided yet. I may tell some sad stories. Uh, but in the but after that, the audio review, the standard album review, Metal Hammer of Doom, Megadeth, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Uh, we'll have that for, review for you uh, Thursday night. And um, Sunday, we've got an old show from the Blog Talk Radio days. 
Uh, me and a buddy reviewed Chef's Table, whatever season that was at the time. And then uh, the following week, we've got a review of The Wire Season 2 featuring Ziggy's Dick. And speaking of Ziggy's Dick, Alexis will be on Damn You Hollywood to review the Disney live-action remake of Pinocchio, which airs on Disney Plus uh, September 8th. God and help then- me. <laughs> no, then, I love that everyone. Yeah, you know, we watched the trailer, and everyone's like, "Was the puppet creepy?" I'm like, "The puppet looks fine. It was the CGI animals that are going to give me nightmares." And, I don't want to uh, see Keegan Michael Key as Key as a fox that close up. And then that's that's all for us. Thanks. We're driving. All right, your turn and get us out of here. All right. Yes. Since Mark doesn't pay me, I got to go ahead and do plugs for my business. I saw you reach it. I thought you were going to hit another sound effect and interrupt me. Nope, I was ignoring you. I was was reading my email. Okay, sorry. I saw you go like this. That's usually code for I'm about to make Alexa shut up. All right. One of these days I will have a... Are you done? Please continue. <laughs> Honeysuckle Ranger. <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate you, Mark. <laughs> Hands are where you can see them. Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic. We just wrapped up our Labor Day sale. We're getting ready uh, for Cincinnati Comic Expo at the end of this month. That's a great show. We've been doing it for years. Love it. Can't wait to be out there. In the meantime, we're going to be uploading a few new um, things onto our our shops on Etsy and Handmade at Amazon. We have, among other things, we have a brand new uh, bracelet inspired by uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman based off of the uh, Seven Endless. Was kicking around that design for a while. Can't wait to get it online. I also, I'm just going to say it. I got bored and I made earrings that look like Pop-Tarts and now I'm going to put those online. So, you know, go ahead and check that out again. Our shops are on Etsy and Handmade and Amazon. Uh, you can uh, find us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and underdress Twitter. Again, we hope to see you guys at the Cincinnati Comic Expo. It's a wonderful show. If you're out in that area, we really hope you'll stop by. Again, that's Honeysuckle Rose Creations, the intersection of geek and chic. All right. Well, this has just been a fabulous start to, <laughs> to Alexis's uh, podcast host career. So, all right. I have to ask you before we go. You uh, you got your you got your bones hosting shows um, on Jeff's uh, podcast where you have to mean you have to manage 47 different neckbeards uh, as they talk about the granular details of Boba Fett's penis hair. Um, That's why I actually implemented that new rule saying that you couldn't. I basically said as the host, I was going to ask a different question to each person i was like we are not going to ask the same question and get the same answer five different times thank and for the record i may i moderated that but i technically still wasn't hosting jeff was still in charge of that he was the one actually you know running the software so now you've made the leap from moderating to hosting how do you feel 
excited looking forward to doing more um you know again it's like i may have fallen on my face a couple of times in this uh, particular show tonight but i think i handled it okay you know aside from forgetting to introduce myself which i, I you know I occasionally i do that too i go right into the thing and i'm like oh by the way i'm mark all right well i'm still i i think i was actually thinking about how you start the show and i started dude i'd have laughed so hard if like i'm alexis hayna the mandated reporter fuck you know you know <laughs> <laughs> literally i was thinking about how you host i'm like okay so i just gotta go like that and then it didn't occur to me oh i should probably introduce myself <laughs> i was just too in the zone of what i need to do <laughs> all right, take me home baby doll all right so yes for mark radelich and for a certain other person who's been commenting who doesn't know how to shut up that is the end be well be safe behave playing the outro.